How much time are your kids spending on their screens? There seems to be no good answer. If it's all the time, then it's shame on you, parents. If it's never, then it's what's wrong with you, parents. Why don't we give the judgment a rest and walk through how much of a privacy freak this mom is so that at least you feel better about yourself for the next few minutes? Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I'm going to do a little magic trick for you. Because I've experienced terrible, horrible, no good, very bad things while I've been building businesses. And then, just like that, I turn those experiences into the best stories, the craziest anecdotes, and the most cherished learning lessons for you. How do I know so many magic tricks? Because I run the number one platform that helps mom entrepreneurs to build better businesses. It's called The Founding Moms. And we're always looking for women who want to get better at marketing, branding, and sales. Is that you? Then join us at FoundingMoms.com. This week, I'm going to tell you the truth about my kids and their screen time. We're in an age of what's the best way to do it, with a lot of I have no idea thrown into the mix. But you asked for it. One of you dear listeners called in last week to ask me, and I quote, How do you tech with the kids? Oh, no. I want to preface things by telling you I'm no superstar in this area. But I did want to answer your question. I'm just a privacy geek who's been on the internet for a long time. I'm also an outlier in that I've leaned into my kids' online privacy from day one. My eldest daughter, Miss Sunshine, is 15 years old now. Her sister, Miss Roses, is 13. And I have yet to post a single picture of them online. I don't plan on doing it anytime soon, either. We all do it differently. And I say none of this with any judgment. It's just how I've done it. Let's walk through the mind of a privacy freak, shall we? I've talked about the dangers of the internet, phone use, and social media with my kids since they were tiny. I shared with them from the jump that it's the digital wild, wild west inside those small screens. That there's a lot they won't intend to see, but will see anyhow. They won't be able to unsee some of what they see, and that's the stuff we need to talk about. Once my girls were old enough to get cell phones, I immediately downloaded the Kids Locks app. Kids Locks advertises itself as the best parental control app at the time that I found them. But when I did, there were only one or two that did what it does, so I don't know if that's actually true. Even so, it's been fantastic. You install the app onto your kids' phones, and it has powerful content-blocking features to ensure your kids are protected from over 4 million inappropriate URLs. Can you believe there are that many? They see only the search results allowed by Google Safe Search and YouTube Restricted Mode. But I love it more for its time limits. I can limit the amount of time they're staring at their screens so that they remember from time to time what I look like. Mind you, I didn't add Kids Locks without their permission. When I asked, I was actually pretty surprised by their willingness to add it to their phones. You know how as a parent you wonder if what's coming out of your mouth goes into their ears? They did understand the dangers were a wee bit out of their control. 
and they let me limit their time to three hours every day. What's been really rewarding about seeing my daughter's relationship with their screens is that checking in about their screen use has proved to be really valuable to them. I even interrupted my regular email-is-not-private diatribe in 2020 to show them Jeff Orlowski's Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. If you haven't seen it, watch it stat. If technology creates mass chaos, loneliness, more polarization, more election hacking, more inability to focus on the real issues, we're toast. This is checkmate on humanity. I showed it to my kids so that they could watch way more interesting proof that the internet is a lot. Although I couldn't, that doc convinced my kids to delete TikTok and Instagram altogether. What's been a lot less rewarding is that no matter what I explain, no matter what documentaries or YouTube videos I make them watch on the stuff, no matter what horror stories I share about identity theft, or mental health decline, or suicide from cyberbullying, their addiction is stronger than even their own awareness. Didn't I just mention that the social dilemma convinced my kids to delete certain social media accounts? Yes, I did. Did I add except for Snapchat? No, it didn't sound as good. We've agreed that they can use Snap, as the kids say, since it's the way their friends communicate. I don't like it one bit, but there's only so much power I can lord over them as teenagers. They shouldn't be cut off from their social circles either. Here are a few other questions, dear listener, that you forgot to ask me. Do I check in on them by reading their texts or DMs? No. Do I ask them from time to time if there's anything they'd like to discuss about what they're seeing? Yes. Do I have my own Snapchat account so I can follow them? No. Do I have to remind them periodically why downloading another social media app is not a smart idea, since it's an incessant temptation? Yes. Do I reward them for good behavior with more screen time? No. Do I tell them that I'll set them free by removing the KidsLox app once they turn 17? Yes. Do I think that's old enough to be responsible for your own screen addiction? Well, on that one, I'm never going to know, because I didn't have a phone at that age. Oh, and did you happen to see the 2021 53-page report put out by the U.S. Surgeon General? It warns, and I quote, Young people are facing devastating mental health effects as a result of the challenges experienced by their generation. There's a call in there for screen limits, even though there's not nearly enough data yet to know which apps or what teens are doing on their screens is truly harming them. The mental health challenges that our little people are going through are not entirely caused by social media, but we do know that it's certainly not helping. There will always be folks who argue that social media can serve as a lifeline for struggling teens. But I think that particular benefit might outweigh the self-esteem issues that it's creating, and in fact, might be creating the need for that lifeline. Are there other parents out there doing it very differently than me? Absolutely. I'm not suggesting that you power through the way that I have. I've been more vigilant than most because I've been paying attention to privacy and technology 
since back in my college days. Is it overkill? Probably. Do I know something's working for sure? Not at all. What I have learned in the last few years watching my girls and their phone use is that conversation is the only power that I do have. If it's an open dialogue, even if they don't share much with me, they know that they've got support in the real world. While I'm pretty sure that checking in regularly with them is both irritating and comforting to them at the same time, I won't really know until they're older and we'll all have more hindsight on it. So, stay tuned. I'm going to report back in a few years about how it's really been going. You don't call. You don't write. Why not do both? Got more questions for me about tech, social media, or other entrepreneurial issues you're having? Text or call me at 708-872-7878 and I will answer your questions in a future episode. Then go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and leave a review. It helps other listeners discover these entrepreneurial stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to the folks at Kids Locks, Miss Sunshine, Miss Roses, Aaron Rice, and Lindsay Obermeyer for making this podcast with me. And hey, thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week.